welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today is Court Winsett. Mm, what day is it, Katie? I have no idea. I'm completely lost. I'm totally turned around. It's Bullcast Day! It's Bullcast Day! What are we doing today? <laughs> well, first you gotta have the opening bell, Court. I don't have to do anything. I can do it in any order I want. Oh! Interrupted by the opening bell. What do you know? Does that remind you like when you're back in school and you're in the middle of a conversation with your friend and then that dang bell goes off? Yes, absolutely. The school bell. The the, the, the most horrible noise ever made ever, ever. It can, all, it can go away and die now. <laughs> well, so of course today we are going to talk about ABC. Easy as... Nope, nope. Okay. We're talking no. about the ABCs of education funding and oh, savings. Oh, I was wondering where you were going with that. Okay. Come on, school bell, ABCs. Uh, ABCs. It all yeah. starts with that. The One, Jackson two, three. Five. Okay. All right. Come on. I, I toga. Toga. <laughs> or that. That's the education I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> did you have fun in college court? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I did the, the normal college thing. I joined a fraternity. I went to lots of parties. Um, I, I was at college with my high school sweetheart, so we were together for all four years. So, you know, I didn't get too terribly crazy or anything, but you know, it was what it was. I probably, I probably wouldn't go to the same place if I had it to do over again, but you know. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. What was your mascot? Uh, my mascot was a, 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 a large cat, a member of the large cat family, a lynx. Okay. Mm. What Cam, Cam, what about you? Where, where, what was your mascot? I went to Mississippi State, oh. and we, we are the Bulldogs, and I had a great time in college. We need more cowbell. We need more cowbell. <laughs> yeah, yeah co- college was fun. I met my wife there. I was actually a houseboy for Tri-Delts, even though Ooh, my wife was a coyote. Ladies and was, gentlemen. Oh, wait a Cam second. Was a, There's a little drama Cam there. was a houseboy. I was a houseboy. Free food. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, but I mean, you were a Tri-Delt houseboy, but your wife was a coyote. That's right. That's crazy. I, I had a good elementary school friend that was a tried out of Mississippi State. We'll have to talk off and see if, Ooh. you know, you know that person. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Well, so I went to MTSU, so uh, we were arguing about this before the podcast started. Our mascot's name was Lightning, and we are the Blue Raiders. It is a blue horse with wings, kind of mythical creature. But a raider is a pirate. No, this is a yeah. horse. No, your, your mascot horse. is a is a your mascot is basically a blue Pegasus. It is a blue horse with wings. Okay, I'll give you that. Raider is not a blue horse with wings. I'm MTSU sorry. MTSU Raiders ride. Okay, okay. I'll stop. You stop now. Okay. So what we want to do today, we want to talk about education funding, education savings, and what better way to start off than talking about some of the wildest college mascots out there. Mm, that's that's the way I would start it off. <laughs> there are some Actually, I would ones. probably start it off with like crazy college movies or something like that. But guys, we already did that. Yeah. Go back and listen to season one. Boom. <laughs> okay. So I think we're going to go kind of back and forth again. I'll say one, you say one, Court. But okay. these are some... I'll say one, you say one, say one. One. Two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... Crazy wild college mascots, and I really do hope you guys look these up afterwards because you've got to just see the picture to go with what we're talking about. So the first one I want to talk about is Cayenne the Raging Cajun Pepper from the Louisiana University. Mm. Not intimidating, but sometimes a little bit creepy. A giant, giant cayenne pepper grinning with bulging eyes and spiky orange hair. That's just weird. That speaks to my Louisiana soul. Yeah. It's like Guy Fieri as a mascot. Exactly. Right? <laughs> like, I'd want to have a Bloody Mary with him. Like, it'd be awesome. I mean, put him in my Bloody Mary, maybe, and then... <laughs> and go to Flavortown. 
There you go. Okay, what you got, Court? Okay, Sammy the Banana Slug, University of California at Santa Cruz. Bright yellow, slimy, shellless mollusk that lives on the redwood forest floor. How it became mascot is a mystery. They were previously the sea lions, but, uh, you know, banana slug, obviously way more threatening, way more powerful. I mean, it's just got that punch that you really need in athletics, right? You know, banana slug. That's what I fear when I go on the football field is banana slugs. <clears throat> well, what about the fighting okra of Delta State? The oh, ferocious yeah. vegetable vegetable I, with boxing gloves. Dude, I mean, I just, I would not want to go up against some okra. I mean, you know, okra is just, uh, just keep that okra away from me. Yeah, I'm scared of it. I do know somebody who went to this, and I mean, it was a big deal. And actually, the way it became um, the mascot was kind of a joke, but it stuck, which I think it's great. <laughs> do y'all like okra in yeah. general? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, good. I don't, I, ca- I can't. I, it's not something that I seek out. Let me put it I like love that. fried okra. Uh, it's not something that I seek out. Boiled is a little slimy, it's and slimy. so if you have a texture issue, you can't do it. But Oh, I definitely have a texture issue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's all sorts of things I don't eat just because of the texture. Cool, 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 cool. What's cool, your cool, next cool. one, Court? Okay, so since we're on like a growing and living things, I'll go with the Stanford tree. It's a tree. It's Stanford. Of course, Stanford... Stanford, I mean, I, I love Stanford. Just they, they don't do anything the normal way. You know, their band is cool. Their mascot is crazy. You know, they, they, they just are like, okay, anything we can do that's off the beaten path, anything that we can do that makes us stand out as not being like other schools, we're going to do it. It's pretty cool. Not to mention the fact that they're one of the top schools in the nation, but their mascot is a tree. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, then you've got uh, Wichita State with Shock. Sorry, Dorothy, but this is a giant stalk of wheat hyping up the crowd, shortened to woo. Do you think they have a lot of woo girls there? Obviously. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I've got I've got the Billiken. This is St. Louis University. It's a bad... Slew! Slew. I'm, I'm really... I mean, you St. Know. Louis University, a lot of people call it slew. Slew. Uh, so it's it's part bat. It's part elf. It's got a grin, some ears. It's uh, It's got... It's light blue. It's kind of like your horse, the the blue horse. No, thing. no, no, not no? the same at all. Okay, no. it's light blue. It's a billiken. Um, I don't know. Anyway, somebody said that it looked like a, a figure of their coach. Uh, so <laughs> that's kind of funny. But anyway, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird looking. Okay. Well, so when I was at MTSU, we did actually play this team, Western Kentucky University. Uh, their mascot is Big Red, and it is. Like a wad of bubblegum. The story goes that a student drew a big blob on a piece of paper, took it to the president of the school, and it stuck. But it literally looks just like a blob. I picked this one, this next one, just because I freaking love pickles. And Ugh. there's actually a school out there that uh, that has a mascot, the Fighting Pickle. So, um, Fighting Pickle, University of North Carolina School of Arts. So, I'm not sure how strong their, their athletic program is, but... If it's strong, man, they got the uh, they got the fighting pickle out there with a uh, with a with one of those uh, paint palettes and a paintbrush. You know, it's, it's maybe the fighting pickle and the fighting ochre need to get together. Uh, who's they, gonna win in the ring? That'd be like celebrity death match. Ooh, there you go. My money's on the okra. <laughs> okay, my last one is gonna be the blue blob. Uh, <laughs> you're just you're finishing it out. Red with blob, some blobs. blue blob. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Uh, Xavier University. If Grover from the Muppets let himself go, he would end up as the blue blob. Think about like Grover's blue and like if he like stuck his finger in a light socket and a, mm-hmm. had a bad mm-hmm. hair day. 
Yep, 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 yep. Okay, okay and finally, the uh, Timic. Uh, he's uh, University of Texas at Dallas. It's like, what, what do you get when you take a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and cross it with a, um, uh, with that, uh, that, uh, uh, it's like that heat miser from, you know, from the... the oh, yeah, that Christmas holiday Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from like, what, what was it, uh, Frosty the Snowman? Mr. That guy. You take, take, take him, cross him with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, boom, you've got the Timic. Crazy. Very cool. Crazy stuff. Okay, so, uh, crazy mascots, you're welcome. Okay, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Yum, yum. Daddy likey meat and potatoes. So season one, we did the whole episode talking about college and kind of student debt and how we have no idea what future education looks like. And you know what? We're Yes, we're several episodes later, but we still have no idea what the future of higher education looks like. Well, I mean, you know, and, and let's, let's narrow it down even from there because we are talking about education funding. The, the, what education itself is going to look like is crazy enough with distance learning, virtual learning, all, you know, computers, all sorts of leaps and bounds being made in terms of the way that our children are educated. But what we also don't know, and what we've not known for a long, long time, is what tuition is going to be in, you know, five years down the road, much less 18 years down the road. So if you're just now having kids and you're thinking to yourself, well, I would like my children to go to school someday, you have no idea what that tuition is going to be. I mean, we, we, can, we can guess. We can make a very educated guess. We can, we can inflate, so we, you know, we can do tuition inflation and try and figure it out. But we've really got no idea. So why do you plan for college? Because you need to have, you need, if you really want your kids to go to school and you don't want them to be into severe debt after they go to school, then you need to have, you need to have a fund that you can use to pay for their school when they get there. Yeah. And 18 years down the road, that could be a lot of money. Well, and obviously what we're assuming right now is that you, you love your kids and you've determined you want to save money for them. Doesn't mean you don't love them if you didn't. If your parents didn't help you with education and you've decided, no, I'm not going to save money for them. So no judgment here, but we're assuming that you've decided you want to save money for your kids so that they are able to afford whatever education it may be. Um, You can't worry about counting on scholarships because you literally are just wishing and hoping. And I think there's a song about that. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily work out for you in the end. So what we want to talk about is when you think about saving for college... When do you start? As soon as possible. Baby born, like, you know, go ahead and start. Actually, you know what? Thinking about having a child. Yeah. Go ahead and start saving. If you can, you know, if you can start saving now, go ahead and start saving. If you think you're going to have kids someday, go ahead and start saving. Mm-hmm. If you if you think you might want to go back to school someday, go ahead and start saving. If, if there's a twinkle in your eye, start saving. Yeah, waiting to save. A lot of people wait and they're like, oh, I'll start saving when your kid starts in high school and they're like, oh, crud, college is on the horizon. Got to get on that. <clears throat> it's Yeah, you really should have started earlier because it, it really, time is your greatest asset with this and you want this investment to grow. And only about half of the parents are currently saving for their kids. And it's probably because they're not, they're focused on everything else right now. They're not thinking about, oh, I have this beautiful two-month-old baby I don't want to think about them going to college. Yeah. I mean, listen, there is, there is, again, cannot stress this enough. We'll say it several times during this episode. There's no judgment here. When, uh, when we first had our first child, we were not putting money away for our first child's college education when, you know, when she was born because we, we had other priorities, but 
gosh, you know, like we've said about every other sort of saving for the future thing that we've touched on in, in all of our topics, even a little bit, just even a little bit can help. So put away what you can and start as early as possible because this stuff adds up. And I agree that when you have this small child, you don't know what their future is going to be. You don't know if they're going to go to a traditional school, if they're going to be, you know, going to a trade or whatever it may be. And that's why we want to explain all these different ways that you can save that could make it where it's flexible for whatever your perfect angel turns out to be. We do have, um, when Court, you were saying about educated guessing, we mm-hmm. do have a program here that we can kind of take what tuition is now for a school, build into inflation and kind of figure out what it would be. So say your kid's five years old today, wanted to go to Ole Miss, sorry, Cam, uh, which today is annually about 41000 based on inflation. It would cost about 78000 in the first year with a total for all four years of $336,000. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. Okay. First of all, uh, Ole Miss, we're not saying that we advocate for going to Ole Miss. I just picked a state school. Okay, just, put that, just putting that out there. Secondly, uh, we're talking about, you said uh, $41,390 tuition right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's today. Is that, is that in state or out of state? I'm just saying these are things you've got to consider. That are, that you, would be out of state. They're saying it that you, yeah. yeah. If, if, I'm just saying if you, you, you know if you, if there's a school that you want your kid to go to and you, like say you're say you graduated from you know I don't know Wisconsin but you now live down here in, around us in 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 Tennessee. You're not a, a Wisconsin in-state person. You don't live there, so your child will be paying out-of-state tuition. So that's something to consider. And then you said, um, okay, so it's 40, 41000 I think is what you said uh, right now, uh, but it'll be $78,000. We took the five-year-old. If you've got a five-year-old right now, we took that and we basically said, okay, with, uh, with inflation, um, with college tuition inflation, the way college tuition inflates in 13 years, this is what the tuition will be. Right. And then we said, okay. And then over the four years that that child is in college, you're going to pay so much total tuition Mm -hmm. over the four years. And yeah, there's, there's programs, there's, there's, there's calculators and things that we, we push buttons on and it it come out with all all those numbers. Yeah. What that's supposed to tell you is you're just like, okay, well, my kid doesn't want to go to Ole Miss. Well, this is just giving you reality of how, what today's dollars, how much it really is going to be for education and to keep that in mind. And a point of clarity, I just want to say this is a computer system, so we are putting data in there. We are saying that this number is including its room, its board, its books, it's the cost of being out of state. It's everything. It's, I mean, it's everything. So without, back at the very beginning when I'm like, oh, is that in-state or out-of-state? It's not just in-state or out-of-state. It's not just tuition. It's it's, it's, it's trying to take yeah. everything in there. How much are you going to need to pay money-wise to get them through there? Yeah, and, and what the system does is we say it's, you know, by the inflation rate, but really it's we're increasing it by 5% because as time has told us, that's a good estimate. Yeah. And really, wouldn't it be great if we tell you it's going to cost more and you're saving with that goal in mind, but it doesn't cost that much? Yeah, and I mean, okay, so just to be clear, like what you said, basically we're talking about college tuition inflation rate what what the estimated rate that tuition inflates at not what the actual national inflation rate is yes. right now and so i, I don't want to i'm sorry i'm getting we're getting kind of jargony here so uh yep but with education there's a lot of jargon out there and there's a lot of different outlets and so we want to break them down and kind of explain the different ways you can save 
And let's start it out with two very jargony acronym terms, UTMA and UGMA. Yes. Now, Ugh. this is not UGA. In that one, uh, that's uh, Georgia. This is not UGA the Bulldog. No, oh, okay. <laughs> this is a UTMA, which stands for Uniform Transfers to Minors Act, and UGMA is a Universal Gifts to Minors Act. Okay. And those are what? Those are basically savings accounts, right? These are custodial. Yeah. So, custodial held in the name of the minor, but controlled by a parent or other relative until the child reaches the age of majority in your state. And that varies. Um, you know, in Tennessee, it's 21. But so, these are accounts that are in the name of your child, but held by the parents. Until they're 18. And 21 for Tennessee. 21. Yes. These accounts allow parents to save money and invest, maintain full control until their kid is a quote-unquote adult. Um, (laughs) You know, both accounts allow you to transfer financial assets to a minor without establishing a trust. Um, The thing is with this is that this money goes to your child at the age of majority. And so I don't know about you, Court, but if I was given that big, if I was given a chunk of money at 21, I don't know that I would have necessarily spent it wisely. Oh yeah, no, obviously not. I'm sure I, if I had if I had a a custodial account when I was a kid, then I'm sure as soon as I reached an age, which I think when I was a kid the age was 18, uh, either that or my parents just let me have it when I was 18, then I certainly did not spend that money on anything all that wise. But let's also point out just real quick side note: uh, UTMA and UGMA. The newer one is the UTMA. So you see mm-hmm. those nowadays. You see those more often than you would see the UGMAs because they they're the, the UTMA. The uniform transfer is is the newer is the newer type. Yeah. But so when you see those, um, and they usually are just written out as the UTMA and UGMA, you can know that's just a custodial account. Um, they they're a little less favorable financial aids than some of the other options when it comes to FAFSA. Um, these accounts are reported as the child's assets, which reduces elig- eligibility. Okay, FAFSA. You you sort of threw FAFSA. <gasps> Cameron. Jargon violation. Okay, so FAFSA is the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. So basically, if your kid is going to college, then they will fill out the FAFSA. It helps uh, it helps them qualify for need-based financial aid. Uh, and also federal student loans. If you if you are gonna have to go out for some loans, then it can help you qualify for those federal student loans, or it can it can get you federal student loans. Anyway, so then yes, thank you for clearing that up. So, but with this this money that is in the UTMA UGMA does count as a child's asset, so it does reduce their eligibility. Yeah, I mean, a ch- when you when you fill out a FAFSA, the things that the that that are taken into consideration in terms of what you will qualify for in terms of financial aid. Uh, a child who has a ton of assets in their name, those assets will will diminish the amount that they can get in, in financial aid um, more than the assets that the child's parents have. Now, if you are the child's parent and you have a ton of assets, then it's still going to diminish the, the ability of the child to get financial aid, but not as much as if the child has a ton of assets in their name. So yeah. when she says it counts to the child's assets, that means it's going to diminish the, the, the child's ability to get financial aid. So the money that goes into these accounts are made with after-tax dollars, um, you can contribute up to 15000 annually without incurring a gift tax. 
it is more flexible than some of the others because um, of how you use these funds. These can be used for really anything and they can be used by the parents or the person who owns it for the benefit of the child um, if there's anything that comes up for that before they hit the age of when they get this money. Yeah, the funds in, a, in an UTMA are not locked in. You know, you can withdraw them and use them without penalty, you know, at some point, whereas some of the other stuff that we're there's talking no about. There's no restrictions right, on this yeah. money. Court, we almost forgot about the kitty tax. Oh, uh, well, let's not do that again. <laughs> so you're probably like, what is a kitty tax? Because I know I had never really heard of anything like this, but this is really applying to when we're talking about these UTMA and UGMAs. It's a special tax law that was created back in time in 1986, which doesn't <laughs> seem like that long ago, really. Seems like there was a lot going on in 86. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm like, 86 was kind of a, anyway, just, you know. Um, so this tax was to address investment and unearned income tax for individuals under 19 years of age or dependent full-time students under 23. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why are we talking about this? Yeah, I don't know. So this really, um, it prevented parents from avoiding taxes by transferring large gifts of stocks. So when you would have these kind of accounts, you would be hit with the parent's marginal rate tax. So no matter whether your child can be claimed as a dependent or on the parent's return, like you're going to be hit with these taxes because Mm -hmm. of these contributions. And that can be a huge hit to you that you've got to consider We've had several people tell us horror stories about how they had these accounts and then they were hit with their taxes for this. Basically, you think the child is going to get taxed at the child's tax rate and instead they hit you with your tax rate for these specific items. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's that one. Next one. Coverdale. Coverdale. Yep. The Coverdale (laughs) Education Savings Account is a tax-deferred trust account created by the U.S. government to assist families with education funding. Okay. So we got the government with this one. The beneficiaries must be 18 years or younger. So there's we got the 18-year-old there. Mm-hmm. Um, age restrictions can be waived for special needs. Max yearly contribution. The max is $2,000. Which is pretty useless when you're trying to save up, you know, 40-something thousand dollars yeah. for your kid's tuition. This one used to be called an education IRA. Mm. So that that's an, uh, another term you may have heard. Funds must be used by the time a student is age 30, or you're hit with a penalty. So you got to use the money up. Okay. And um, doesn't seem like it'd be that much of a problem when <laughs> all I got to put in is $2,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, non deductible contributions, remaining funds must be distributed. So this one, it's, you know, you can't put a lot of money into it, and you've got to use it by age 30, or you're hit with penalties. And so this one, it's, eh, it's okay. I mean, I remember, okay, so let's, moving on, because we really haven't hit on one that just, like, really floats my boat. Uh, <laughs> I remember when my kid was a kid, was a baby baby, I got a letter from my alma mater basically saying, like, you know, you can start saving now for your child's education, and, you know, in the state of Tennessee, you can put this money away now and prepay your tuition. And, oh, you know, prepay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what about that? Ugh. Okay, prepaid plans. <laughs> You're like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> well, because it sounds like a great thing. You're like, oh, okay, I'll just start prepaying for something. Mm. But you got to, again, look at the fine print here. So prepaid plans may be disguised as with your alma mater. Mm. May be called a prepaid 529 or 529 plan and it seems great like okay well i live in mississippi so i'm gonna get a prepaid mississippi 
education plan. Mm. Okay, well, you're there's you gotta look at this because right now there's currently 18 states sponsored and one institution sponsored that are accepting new applications. So there is a lot of red tape with mm. these prepaid plans. And I hate that it says prepaid 529 plans because... Kind of gives 529 a bad name. Yeah, right? we're going to talk about 529s, which yeah. I love. I'm going to let that slip already. Um, but these earnings grow tax-free. Great. We love earnings growing tax-free. Sure. And you will not be taxed when you withdraw as long as you spend it on higher education expenses. Also, amazing. Fantastic. Yes. A very high contribution limit. Super. Heck yeah. All right. This is a way to lock in future tuition prices. Yeah. That's awesome. what I remember from the letter. The school yes. was like, yeah, hey, lock in that price now. Prepaid baby. links plan. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, but they are typically for a certain school. Oh. Usually they can be transferred or refunded if the student picks a different school. But that's where your keyword is usually. Mm. Oh, no. So say you're a Florida resident and have been contributing to a Florida prepaid, but your kid wants to go to Notre Dame. Don't worry. The funds can go towards an eligible post-secondary institution. Okay, did you hear what I just said? Don't worry. Yes, you still need to pay for Notre Dame, but we'll we'll let the prepaid plan be for when your kid goes to grad school in Florida. Mm. Yeah. So, so <laughs> basically, if it's, if it's a Florida prepaid plan, then it's got to be spent on Florida yeah. school. So You're locked in. You are picking where your kid's going to be going. It's some nonsense, I tell you. It's yeah. some BS. The prepaid only covers the cost of tuition. No room, no board, no books, no Greek life, no nothing. It's ridiculous. No this is ridiculous. <laughs> and they have limited enrollment period. So it's not available for the everybody. It's <sighs> limited. The closest plan to us um, is a Mississippi plan. And um, again, there's just, you know, I guess if you know that that child is going to go to Mississippi State or Ole Miss, which I'm not even sure if they're covered with this, because it is so specific. And I think this is one that's kind of ever-changing. Why? 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 Why do this? Why? Tell me why. I, I mean, if you are lock, if you're locking in your kid's future and it's kind of like pre, what is it, uh, arranged marriages, you're arranging their education. Okay, and ladies and gentlemen, I swear to you, this is not scripted, but... Katie, isn't there a better way? There is. There, oh, there is the gift to us all. <laughs> this beautiful thing. Um, one of the things David Pickler says all the time, and I feel like we all have it memorized by now, is one of the greatest gifts we were given was the Roth and the 529. Yes. Or some commercials out there I here actually call it the 529. Just because they say it wrong doesn't mean we have to. <laughs> they're the same thing. 529, 529. Mm. Okay, this is a great gift to us. It's run by states, so you may have a Virginia 529 and, you know, Hawaii, Florida, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. The states are running these. Tax Advantage Savings Plans. Great. We love Tax Advantage Savings Plans. Yes. I think we've covered that we are very, very fond of any sort of savings plan that is tax advantaged. There's no limit to the contributions. Did you hear that? You remember, you remember back there when we were talking about the $2,000 limit one? Yeah, this one has no limits. Mm -hmm. So what's cool about this one is when it first started out, it really was just for your education funding for higher education for your college. Right. It was expanded to cover K through 12 education in 2017. Them is for that uh, private education, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, private school education. Because private schools are a big thing here in Shelby County, and, um, and they are expensive. 
expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could you could potentially use those funds for some private education, for, for some private secondary education. And um in twenty so it you know added the K through twelve and it added apprenticeship programs in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. This money grows tax deferred and withdrawal tax free for qualified education expenses, which awesome. Anyone, anyone can open one. It's typically established by a parent or grandparent on behalf of a child or a grandchild. So, I mean, that's that's another great benefit is that you you as the parent could have one for a kid. Your your parents could have one. Your spouse's parents could have one for the kid. Everybody could have 529. Everybody getting some 529 <laughs> up in here. Back to the apprenticeship programs. Is yeah. that just a glorified internship? I mean, I don't know who still does apprenticeships, but I assume that it's kind of like I mean, an apprenticeship. I think that's probably trying to really shine a light more on like the trade schools and like having those apprenticeships with different skill sets like welding and plumbing and stuff like that. So that's probably what it's covering. Some of the states might be eligible for state tax deductions. Um, if you are going to use the money for the K through 12, it is limited to $10,000 per year. Oh. Yeah, but still that that helps. Account holders can choose how they want to fund, how they want the funds invested. So they really have that opportunity. So yes, it may be that I open up, I could open up a 529 account for my niece, Mm -hmm. but I'm controlling it, figuring out how it's funding. I'm controlling my contributions in there, but it's for the benefit of my niece. So what's really cool about this is that in addition to being able to pay for K through 12 education and do the apprenticeship programs, they also added that it could help with student loan debt and repaying that, which hopefully you don't have student loan debt if you are working on these 529 plans for your kids. But what's exciting about this is it really is like a dynasty trust. And I know not everybody may know that terminology, but Mm. um, let me explain it to you this way. So if I had a child and I opened up an account for the benefit of, let's say my kid's name is Kinder. So Kinder, I'm saving money for Kinder. Well, Kinder gets to the college age and I've put this money in there and it's growing and he doesn't need this money. Well, then I can change the beneficiary to then go to Kinder's children and then Kinder's children's children. Like you can keep passing it down. And so this doesn't have the stipulation like some of those other ones where you got to use it by age 30. Mm -hmm. This is one that can keep being passed down. But also, if I decided I wanted to go back to school, I could use this money for education or my spouse could use this money. And so it's really something that's growing great for you, growing tax-free, that if it is for educational needs, this money is there for you and is growing that really can be utilized for that. And so it kind of is one of the, we love it, as you can't tell from the way the conversation has changed, (laughs) but... uh, yeah, it's, it's so cool. Going back to uh, court's jargon violation that he called me out on about the financial aid is that if a grandparent opened up a 529 account, mm-hmm. so if the parent has the 529 account, then that's for the kids. That's assets benefiting the child. Now, if a grandparent opened it up for the child, which you can have multiple, mm-hmm. then that money doesn't count against the child for, I think, the first couple years, mm-hmm. um, which is huge. On the FAFSA. On the, yes, on the FAFSA. Okay. Yes. And on this, when we mentioned before how every state has a 529, you are not locked into picking your state that you reside in. Like a lot of times I know we may use like the Virginia one. And what that means is just each state plan 
is managed by a different money manager and set up by different ways of what allocations can be in those accounts. So that's where if you decided you wanted to do a 529 plan for your child, for your grandchild, whatever it may be, that's where you would meet with someone like Pickler Wealth Advisors. We would help you figure out what's going to be the best one for you. Mm -hmm. And we probably already said it, but it does bear repeating uh, it doesn't matter the state that you pick for a 529 like this. This is not like the prepaid stuff where the state that you're in, you're locked into going to school in that state. You can you can have a 529 in any state and use that money to go to a school in any other state. So uh, that's, a, that's a key distinction there between the prepaid 529 and the 529 plan. Yeah. And what's cool is... Uh, so reality, we, we hope that when these angels are growing up, that by the time they hit um, age of majority, you know, if they hit 18, 21, that they're mature enough to handle the money. Well, the thing is with this is the owner of the account controls the money. You have the power. You've got the power. And that like Jim Carrey and that uh, Evan Almighty movie that when he was God. Well, sure. But it's I'm... like you've got the power of this money and you have control of how it's spent what it's used for. And so it's not one of those that when they become an adult, you have to give it to them. And so you could sit there and be like, hey, you know, you don't need to have all your greasy hands on this. You've now gone for your fifth major that you haven't completed. Let's save a little money for your sibling. Mm. That's what's cool about these. We love them. (laughs) It's something that, you know, if you were to work with us about doing one of these, you can set up monthly contributions and keep investing it. But again, it's, it's, starting out when you have that glimmer in your eye that you are thinking about having a child. And if you didn't pick up on this, you know, you could, if you don't have the child yet, so you don't know who the child will be and what their name will be, and you just know that you want to have children and you want to set up something down the road, you can always set up the 529 and somebody else's name to start with and then switch it to your child eventually when that child is born down the road. And key elements of this 529, as we discussed, you know, you're you're not limited on the amount that you can you can deposit. There is there is the gift cat gift tax exclusion. So the limit does not exist. Well, the limit does not exist. Thank you, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> she um, doesn't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so you you you've got the gift tax exclusion that you've got to consider fifteen thousand dollars per year. Uh, there there are some there are some ways around that fifteen thousand dollar limit for for. Uh, for consideration, we'll get into that in a in, when we go in a deeper dive later. But um, uh, the, basically, there is no limit the amount that you can put in. You can switch who it's for the benefit of. You can use it for secondary school. You can use it for uh, undergraduate school. You can use it for graduate school. Yeah, any education yeah, expenses, use- and it does like the other one had it where it was just a tuition. This can mm-hmm. include room, board, books. I mean, come on, books. Of course, do they even still do books anymore? But books were so expensive when I, I was in college. I think all of William's books are all digital, Did I you, think. But I'm sure but there's still he, a price with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and it's still... See, listen, uh, school books are still some of the most ridiculously overpriced books you can possibly mm-hmm. get. I mean, it's, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, school... You could you could easily spend like $1,000 on school books. Um, this and, is the most broad of like really trying to cover whatever your child may be. Yeah. And, and this is sort of an attempt to 
address the fact that college tuition has been skyrocketing. And also, like like we said earlier, you can now use it for apprenticeships, which basically is that sort of vocational school where you go to a community college or something like that, and you've got to pay tuition, not only for classes, but you've actually got to pay the school to be able to go work somewhere and apprentice in the job that you have mm-hmm. chosen to 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 try and get uh, licensed in or whatever. So Yeah, um, I, I sell a lot of my friends on this idea, the fact that like, look, if, if you just had a kid and your kid, if you're fortunate enough and you don't need a bunch of toys or clothes or stuff like that, this is a great way to tell your family like, hey, don't worry about trying to send a toy or a gift. Like, but if you'd like to contribute to little, little baby's uh, 529 account, that money can then go, they're really helping invest in your child's future. And so it's a great way that when you get those birthday checks and, you know, whatever it may be, that that is really helping to make a difference. It's, mm. it's huge. So saving, it's, of course, it's always better to have money in the bank than not. And the likelihood is, is higher education, education in general is going to be very expensive. And there will be expenses that come out because if the kids do Greek life, if they need an apartment, like it's just, it gets expensive. And so college saving is really to help ease your mind. And when it comes to the education, because then you're like, oh, I've at least done something I've saved. But the key with it is time and consistency. Taking the time, starting early and Mm. being consistent, being on top of your monthly contributions even if you start out and you're a new parent and you are doing like 20 bucks a month or 50 or whatever you can afford, that makes a difference. It adds up and you'd rather sit there and start young and think, oh, my little money's not going to make a difference than being trying to scramble at the last minute. It's I kind of picture back to like our resolution things. It's like, you know, we start at the beginning of the year. Hey, we're going to lose 15 pounds this year. Okay, well, you space it out over the whole year. Not wait till the last two weeks before your deadline and go, oh, let's try and kill ourselves and lose this weight. Because <laughs> we all know about that. We've all done that. <laughs> well, plus, I mean, you know, side note, if you're talking about trying to lose 15 pounds in the holidays right before the end of the year, you know that's not going to happen. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying, I gained 15 pounds this last holiday. So, But a full disclaimer, this is a balancing act, everybody. Like, we are saying that you do these savings accounts for your kids when you've checked the other boxes. I don't want you to sit there and load the boat and start saving for your two-month-old baby if you're not contributing to your retirement account because you can't, if you're not taking care of you, then you don't need to be taking care of them. Like You need to balance it. You need to make sure you are checking all the boxes off and you were looking at the whole picture because when you put, you can't pull this education money out to pay for a new water heater. So right. you got to have your emergency fund you built have up. Your emergency fund. So let's let's just go back back through back through the 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 yesteryears of our podcast real quick. Just give you a quick rundown. Pay off all your debt. Pay off all your credit cards. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get rid of those. Okay. Do you have emergency savings? Make sure you've got three months of your in, of your monthly income saved up at least in a in a in a readily available fund. Then you've got to start looking at um, 
your your retirement and well, you know, we also mentioned we did that whole episode on travel uh, mm-hmm. on having a travel fund. Um, now we're throwing your kid's school fund at you. You know, this stuff, it all builds up. And then plus we did that whole thing where we're like, how much should you have in, in a mortgage and how much should you have as a car note and all of that. So all of these little things add up. We're not, we're not asking you to, to shirk one responsibility or to, to toss one, one issue to the side and forget about it to focus on this. You know, it's, it is very much a balancing act and that's what budgets are for. So... And it, it's getting a partner as well to make sure we don't expect you to really be able to juggle that because life is going to happen. And that's where if you've got a partner that can say, hey, OK, well, let, let's just adjust a couple of things and still keep with our goal. Because really with life, it's it's that marathon. It's not the sprint. It's trying to make sure that you are in line. You're doing every day what's going to make a difference. And so, yeah, education funding is very important, but make sure you've got everything else figured out first. Well, Katie, I feel like we've probably gone on long enough here. Um, So our next step in this process is always to give people a little bit of a of a boil it down for them. A little bit of a uh, what should we call it? I don't know. Boiled potatoes. We just got finished with meat and potatoes. Now we're going to offer them I'm some I'm about to get potatoes. that fighting okra to knock you out. Okay. It's bullseye Give time. them a bullseye, Katie. Bullseye would be... You've heard all these different outlets out there. There's tons of different ways that you can save. And yeah, we didn't mention the putting it in a piggy bank jar or anything like that. But you've got to look at the fine print. You've got to figure out what's going to be best for you overall. And if you need to get a partner that can really help you understand. But I will always say 529s are awesome. I think they are great. And something that, you know, if you have a kid that's potentially going to be needing some education in the future... Check it out. Um, Okay, that's a fantastic bullseye. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, for my bullseye, I am going to sort of give a disclaimer here. There are a few college funding options that we didn't really discuss at all in this episode. And that's because mainly we were focused on your saving money so that you can pay for the college education down the road. Um, obviously, there are loans. There are different types of loans that you can get. We'll cover that in a different episode. Don't worry. But... We want to focus on on trying to stay away from the, the loans as much as you can. Try and focus on saving up now. Obviously, the best way to do that is a 529. And grandparents, I'm going to focus in on you for my bullseye. This is something where you can put the money away for your grandchild. You can make sure that that account remains in your control. You know that that money is going to be used for the appropriate thing at the appropriate time down the road. And if that grandchild, if your first grandchild decides not to go to school, you can always use that money for your second grandchild and so on and so forth. Um, so if you've got if you've got issues where you want to make sure that, that this money is spent in a certain way to benefit a certain grandchild or whatever, it's in your control and it stays in your control. And what an incredible legacy. Yeah. I mean, that's just fantastic. And, you know, you can give as much as you want. So boom, bullseye. Have a nice day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another Bullcast podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please feel free to subscribe. You can go to your favorite subscription service. I think we're on them all. And subscribe to Bullcast Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about me and Katie, well, obviously, if if you've been listening to us previously and you don't know, then you don't listen this far. You can go to bullcastpodcast.com. That's our website. You can find out about me and Katie. You can leave us a comment. You can suggest a topic. 
You can also follow us on Instagram. Our IG handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And we also have a Twitter handle. I don't know if, uh, if Cameron uses it or not, but it's out there. It's at Bullcast Podcast. Cameron is nodding. Yes, he does, in <laughs> fact, tweet the tweets on the Twitters. And then finally, we also have a website for the place where we work. Where do we work, Katie? Pickler Wealth Advisors. We work at Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about Pickler Wealth Advisors, find out even more about me and Katie, as if you don't already know enough, find out about our amazing team, find out about our boss, David Pickler, you can go to picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, you have your homework. Go forth, prosper, and be merry. But for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And we gone.